Well, I mean, I tell you guys, um, watching that video, uh, since I was able to go to Swaziland earlier this year, uh, there is nothing but longing inside my heart to get back there. In fact, when our whole team was there, I just felt this kind of pain right here in my gut because I wasn't there. And I know that our team has felt the same way. In fact, a lot of the women actually bought necklaces that have a picture of Africa with a heart cut out where Swaziland is <laughs> because their heart just gets left there. And um, we are just really thrilled for the partnership that we're building there, for the fact that we've been able to provide clean water, that we're packing food to feed them, building their building, getting a church going. It's just been an awesome, awesome partnership, and we're celebrating that. And so just wanted to let you know that we are going back, if you saw the end of the slide, and uh, this year there will be two trips, one in February and one in September. And so if you're interested in going uh, next year, there will be an informational meeting next Sunday after the last service. And so, and that's, you're not signed up for anything, but just if you're interested and want to know more information, we'd love to have you. So, but doesn't it look like fun? Yeah. It is. I tell you, especially, did you guys see the church service? That's what I'm expecting from you guys, okay? So, so loosen up, get ready uh, as we get ready. So, uh, actually, you know what I'd love to do? I, can we just pray real quick? I just want to pray for them, but I also really want to pray for Honduras, because our hearts are aching for Honduras because we haven't been able to go back. The, the, the political turmoil is such in that country that we haven't been able to take a team in the area where we're at. And so let's just pray. Let's pray for both our partnerships around the world. God, we love these people. And we're so grateful for how you have connected our hearts with our brothers and sisters in Honduras and our brothers and sisters in Swaziland at Ekadzeni. And Lord, we're just, I, first of all, I just want to pray for, for those in Honduras. And we just ask for your movement in, this, in the political nature there to bring peace and to bring things to settle down, God. We just so long to be back there. And so we, we pray for them, continue to give them courage and endurance, protect them. And Lord, thank you for our partnership in Nekadzeni, and we just ask that you would continue to grow uh, all of the efforts that we have there to continue to care for, watch over, and love those people. So, God, and, and we just pray for our next trips, <clears throat> that uh, the right people would be called and chosen to be able to go, um, so we can continue to make a great impact, and we ask for it in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Well, you guys, that's what we're talking about today is a longing. Um, and a longing, especially the word we're going to look at today, is any kind of dominant passion or compelling controlling desire. I love that. It's just there's something inside of you that wants something so bad. And it was used actually most often in the Greek culture during that time for sexual passion. And so you have longings. There's things that you, that you desire. I, I was thinking sometimes I just long for sushi. Anybody else long? I, I do. I do long for sushi. Sometimes I long for cooler days. Uh, and then in three months, we'll long for hotter days. Um, sometimes I long for the Detroit Lions to have a winning season. Um, and, uh, but then t t today, I too, I've uh, been doing some, just started some premarital counseling with a couple who's supposed to get married here in the next month. And he's actually in the military, and he just found out that he can't come back for the wedding. And so now they have to push it off till December. Can anybody say longing? I mean, that's like, there's this deep, deep desire for that. But what we're going to talk about today is kind of tied to that, and that is the longing that happens in our hearts for another person. It's that longing that takes place when you fall in love, like I did with my wife, um, it's the longing that we have for home, for our family, once you've been away from each other. Um, and then, if you go, 
there's something about having a longing for somebody that's a beautiful thing, but have you ever felt longed for? Have you ever felt like people just couldn't wait to see you? So uh, yesterday we were at the airport. Uh, we were actually picking up Lynn, who's our new foreign exchange student who just uh, joined us from Germany, and we're so excited. And before she came uh, out, it was, it was a beautiful scene of this mom who came around the corner and these three little kids just bolting and jumping on her arm. Y'all, I'm saying it was the most moving thing. She had a boy around one leg, the little girl picking up, and the other boy on her back. And just that longing to be together once you've been separated from each other. And uh, it's, a, it's an awesome feeling. I remember one time when I was uh, right out of college in my first job, and I was getting ready to come back for Christmas, right? I'm living in Ohio. I get to come, I'll be home for Christmas. And I had all these grand visions, right? I was going to come up the driveway, and, uh, and, and before I even got up the long driveway, they were going to come busting out the door, right, to greet me because they just couldn't wait to see me. So I pulled up the driveway, and nobody bolted out the door. I opened up the door, and somebody walked right by and went, hi, Dave, and just went right by me. <laughs> You know, I, I, mean, I picked up, it, everybody was so into stuff, it was like, I felt like nobody cared at all that I was there. It wasn't true, but that was that feeling. But man, to have people running to you because they long for you so much, can you guys imagine with me if we could have such a deep love for each other that we would actually long for each other like that? And I, I know that um, sometimes we can long for that. Like, actually, when Susie and I got engaged, um, I think I've shared this here before, but I pursued her really strongly until she actually wanted me, right? And then as soon as her heart opened up for me, I freaked out. Anybody else ever had that experience? You're like, wait a second, wait a second. I don't know how to have someone long for me. And some of us have been, it's, just, it's weird. We'll, we'll put up walls because that, that intense love is so strong. And so, um, but what was weird is once we got married and I let Susie love me, I found out that her longing for me heals me. It heals, it heal, it, it's, it's been healing a really broken, wounded heart inside of me. And here's what we know. All of us in this room are longing for relationship. All of us want to be longed for, and the truth is we all want to long for somebody else. And so what we're going to look at here today, we're in this series called Immortal. And that means what would happen if we actually lived like we were never going to die? Because that's what Jesus said to us. He said, if anyone would believe in me, though he die, he'll live. It's the truest definition of the word immortal. And what I realize is in my own life, and I think for many of us, we're so caught up in this world that we forget that this world is like this, and then we're going to live forever. And so if we really live like that, then how would we live? And, and I think what's your, what we're going to find out is that anybody who actually grasps the fact that I'm going to never die once you receive Christ, something happens inside your heart. And I think what happens is a longing for others gets placed in your heart. And the church, you guys right here, the thing we're experiencing this morning and what the church is, because the church is way more than this hour and a half. I don't know if you guys know that. <laughs> like in America, church is an hour and a hour, <laughs> maybe and a half. I might give you that. But the reality is the church isn't something you go to. The church is something you are. And the church is supposed to be a group of people who actually really love each other like this. And so that's what we're going to look at today. And I want to tell you, man, today's message, to, for me, as I've been studying, is very encouraging. But this has also been crazy challenging to me. And as we look at Paul, 
Um, I have an older brother, Mark. Anybody have an older brother and sister? Mark was seven years older than me. And everything Mark did, I remember thinking, someday, right? Someday I'll be able to do that. Someday. And that's kind of how I feel with this passage today. I'm hoping that someday that God will do in my heart what he did in Paul's and give me a longing like he has. All right? So let's pray. And here's what I want to pray for. If you're already a follower of Jesus and you know that you've received Christ and his spirit is inside your heart, I just want to ask you during this message to ask yourself, is my heart like this? Does my heart actually beat like Paul's does? And if you're somebody who's seeking after Christ, if you're somebody who's here and you're, you're wondering if this could all be true, um, I think the question for you is, wow, could I actually be loved like this? Could I actually experience a love like this? Because I tell you, if we do, our lives will change. All right, so let's pray and let's ask God to come and open up the eyes of our heart. Lord, thank you for this morning. Thank you for every person who's here. We, we believe with all of our heart, God, that, that everything we do, you're involved in. And none of us are here by mistake today. And so, Lord, I, I know you have something. You know every heart in this room. You know every longing of every heart in this room. And so I just ask that right now you'd kind of soften by your grace. Would you just come and soften our hearts so that we can hear your voice speaking so deeply and truly to us. And we ask for it in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. <clears throat> so we're just going to look at a couple things, big picture things. The first thing we're going to look at is what does this longing look like? What is this, what is this longing that's inside of a heart for another human being? And what does Paul uh, describe it? The first thing we see is that it's a longing for another's presence. The longing is for a longing of somebody else's presence. Let's, in, we're in 1 Thessalonians, by the way. If, you're, if you haven't been with us in this series, it's a book in the Bible that Paul wrote, a letter to another church in the town of Thessalonica. And this is his letter to them. And he says this, Brothers and sisters, when we were orphaned by being separated from you for a short time, in person, not in thought, out of our intense longing, we made every effort to see you. For we wanted to come to you, certainly I, Paul, did, again and again, but Satan blocked our way. For what is our hope or our joy or the crown in which we will glory in the presence of our Lord Jesus when he comes? Is it not you? Indeed, you are our glory and our joy. So here's a couple things I see from Paul. The first thing he has, he has a longing for another's presence like right now. You can see he wants to be with them. Now, Paul started this church just like we came out here 10 years ago and started K2, the church. So he started this church, but then he was forced out of Thessalonica because there were major riots going on because of this new message that he had brought to this town. So he had to flee. So he was separated from them. And let's go ahead and throw up this verse. Kind of follow me along here. Um, -dum -dum -dum. Verse 17. We were orphaned by being separated from you. And that word separated actually means to be like torn away. So it doesn't mean we were just not, you know, hanging out anymore. No, you were actually torn away from me. Now, two weeks ago, we shared here about Paul using a lot of parental language with them. He said, man, you guys know that we cared for you like a mom cares for their, their children. And that meant that we were gentle, that we gave our life to you, that we worked night and day like a mom does for you. 
That's how much we love you. And then he said, we were like a father towards you too. We, means we encouraged you and we comforted you and we urged you. As a dad does, man, urging our kids to live the life. So he used a lot of parental language. And now he says here that you were orphaned. We were orphaned by being separated from you. And the terminology in that day and age, when they, when they heard this word, this is what it meant. It meant a parent who grieves his lost child. That's what that word was used for. If a parent loses their child, if a child is torn away, taken away from them, that's the feeling that they had. They were separated. Now, how many of you, again, in this room have ever lost your child? Anybody lost your child? Okay. Susie and I lost Caleb at, uh, see, where were we? Seat World? Oh, my gosh. I'm telling you, man, as soon as you know your son is gone, do you not freak? See, that's what he's talking about here. This is how Paul felt. He's like, I love you guys. I long for you so much that when I had to flee because of the riots, it was like you were torn away from me. And so that's when he comes and he says, we were all the more eager. And actually, I love the verse because here it says, out of our intense longing, we made every effort, every effort to see you. If you actually take the Greek language, it would be like this. We were all the more eager with great desire to see your face. Isn't that beautiful? It's a little more poetic than that. We wanted to see your face. Because you got to remember, right? They didn't have like Facebook, right? They didn't even have cameras. I mean, if you were separated from somebody, there were no images to keep in your pocket and look out and watch. Nothing. So Paul was like, I long to see your face. That's what that word actually means. It was the, and here's what's interesting, is it was the collective church. Paul was talking, I love you guys. I really do. And so one of the questions, as I, as I looked at that, I just thought, how about, how about you and how about me? Do we actually feel that way about our church? Have you ever felt that longing inside of you so much for the people that are gathered here at K2? I miss you. I long for you. I haven't seen you. I haven't been able to come, and I can't, get wait. I can't wait to get back. There should be a longing inside of us. And who do we love that way? And can you imagine, you guys, if we could create a community here and a church here where when people showed up and they actually became a part of this place, that you knew you belonged so deeply and so intimately that people longed to see you. That would be a great place. And I think that's what God wants to do with the church. So one of my applications here for us is this. He says, out of our intense longing, we made every effort to see you. And, and here's one thing I do know. We'll, we'll, on average, at K2, throughout the year, we'll have about 1,300 people who will show up here on a Sunday. Okay? With 1,300 people, 300 kids, 1,000 adults, it's pretty easy to come and go, and no one will know you were here. right? And partly, that feels good, doesn't it? If you're new, don't raise your hand. But I know it's like, this is good. You know, I'm going to be able to slip in, slip out, and nobody will bug me. And, um, but once you make this your place, you don't want to come and have nobody know your face. <laughs> Eventually, you want to go, you know what? I, I actually belong here. So at K2 The Church, what we do is we have these things we call life together groups. Because the only way it's going to work for you to long, you can't long for a thousand people. <laughs> you just can't. You know, we can only know so many people's names. But what we've created here and what we're creating here are life together groups, people who get together outside of this place so that relationship and intimacy and passion can develop for one another. So that then when somebody stops coming, there's 10 or 12 people who know. 
And I just want to tell you, have you made an effort? Do you, if all of you who are followers of Christ in here, are you making the effort, every effort, to be with you, to be with people here? And if you're not, then I think you just need to ask the question like, why not? Why do I just come here on Sunday for an hour, kind of see if I can get something, hopefully Nelson's on today, and then, uh, and then go home? See, what we find in here is once you live like you're never going to die, there's a longing that gets in your heart for people. And so one of our application points is I need to make every effort to be with. And that means here on Sunday, but I think it also means in life together. All right? So Paul has a passion, a longing to be in their presence right now. But here's the other thing. He has a longing to be in their presence in the future. Verse 19 says this. For what is our hope and our joy or the crown in which we will glory in the presence of our Lord Jesus when he comes? Isn't it you? He goes, indeed, you are our glory and joy. So what he's saying here is, what's our, what's our hope and our joy when, when, when Jesus comes, so what he's talking about is when it's all said and done, man, when this thing's over and I'm living in eternity, he goes, what's going to be my joy? He goes, it's you. It is. It, it's kind of like coming home after a long trip. Can you imagine, you know, coming home and everybody, all your family stays, you know, on the vacation and you get home and nobody's there? Like, that's no fun. I mean, if you go, all you guys who go on business trips, when you come home, you want your family there. And that's what he's saying. He said, when I get home, which is my eternity, he goes, I want to know you're there. That's my joy. And he says, and I love this. He goes, don't you guys get it? You're my crown in which we'll glory. Now, what does that mean? You guys know what that word is? The crown. You guys remember uh, the little festive wreaths that they put around their head if they won the Olympics back then? See, that's what that was. This crown is like the, it's like the trophy for us today. It was the, the crown in athletics. And so... Obviously, for me, anybody else excited that it's almost football season? Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. And so we got some images here, man. Immediately, when I thought about this in our day and age, yes, that's it. When Paul was saying, you are my crown, he's talking, you, you know, I mean, holding up the trophy. Go ahead. Keep going. Yeah. Oh, I hate the Packers. (laughs) Go down. And I love this picture, though. It's like there's the trophy, and they, oh, they kiss it. And what Paul was saying, he's going, do you know you're my Lombardi trophy? See, that's what, when they heard this and they said, you're my victory crown, this is the image that they would have had back then. And we've never, you've read the Bible maybe, and you've read that and never thought and knew what that meant. It means the Lombardi trophy. Put that picture back up there, kissing it. <laughs> so that's what we're going to do. We're all going to just kiss each other for a minute. No, I'm just kidding. But what he's saying is, I gave my life for this game. You guys know that? Man, these guys beat their bodies to smithereens. And they work themselves out ridiculously. They even die early. You guys know that? The life expectancy for somebody in the NFL is way short. They give their life for that thing. And what Paul was saying is, when I get to heaven, if I could, if I, I don't... If I could, if I was strong, I'd pick you up, right? And I'd hold you up. This is what Paul said. You are my joy. You're what I'm going to rejoice in. You guys, Paul wanted to be in their presence with the people he loved forever. 
How about you? How about you? So you guys who are saying, I believe in Jesus, man. Do you? This is what, when we started the series, I went, do you really believe in heaven? Everybody's like, yeah. And I just want to go, then are you living like it? Because I'm telling you, the only thing you're going to care about is your lumbar, is them, your lum, that trophy. <laughs> and the only thing that's going to be the trophy, the only thing you're going to take from here are the people who got connected to God. So man, he has a longing for people's presence. And once you know you're never going to die, you have a longing for people's presence too. Now and forever. All right, here we go. Number two. Paul had a longing for, another per, for another's faith. You have something inside of you that longs for people's to have faith. In these next verses, five times he mentions this. Uh, verse, uh, chapter 3, verse 1. He says, when we couldn't stand it any longer, we thought it best to be left by ourselves in Athens. And so we sent Timothy, who is our brother and our co-worker in God's service in spreading the gospel of Christ, to strengthen and encourage you in your faith. For this reason, when I could stand it no longer, I sent to find out about your faith. Do you guys see that? In two verses, in three verses, he said, so when I could stand it no longer, when I could stand it no longer. You guys having some long, you feel the longing? Again, it's like when you're engaged and you're separated and you can stand it no longer. I mean, I know guys who've driven 23 hours to go see they're engaged to be, What? Fiance, thank you. I just, <laughs> my wife prompting me. But, but seriously, drove all to over 20 hours to see them for a day and drove 20 hours back. Couldn't stand it any longer. That's what Paul's like here. And what couldn't he say? I got to find out about your faith, man. You guys, this is crazy love. And then he goes, I was afraid that in some way the tempter had tempted you and that our labors might have been in vain. But Timothy has just now come to us from you, and he's brought good news about what? Their faith and their love. He's told us that you always have pleasant memories of us and that you long to see us just as we long to see you. Therefore, brothers and sisters, in all our distress and persecution, we were encouraged about you because of what? Your faith. For now we really live. <laughs> I'm going to come back. For now we really live since you are standing firm in the Lord. How can we thank God enough for you in return for all the joy that we have in the presence of God because of you? Night and day we pray most earnestly that we may see you again and supply what is lacking in what? Your faith. See, Paul cared about their faith. Amazing statements, you guys. Praying night and day. That he might just be able to see their face again. And that he could help their faith. He said, I was so distressed, but it was your faith that encouraged me. And here's the crazy line that hit me. Now I really live because you're standing firm in your faith. Okay, let's just sit with that one on this point. I, I just got to confess to you. Like, I, I'm really Western in my mindset, and I think most of us are. And Western mindset is very individualistic, Right? And in an individualistic mindset, it's usually I'm concerned about my faith, right? And aren't you? Like, that's why you're here, right? Because you want to get your faith going, and you want to get more of God and get kind of pumped up. And Paul is so beyond that now that he's going, the only way I can really live 
is if I know your faith is doing okay. Can I ask you a question? How many of you in this room have ever not been able to live because somebody else was struggling in their faith? It's, I think there have been times where I've been like, man, if peop, it's, it's up to people. They have the, I'm not going to force anybody, right? I'm, and I'm not. I never am going to. But he's not talking about forcing somebody. He's talking about, I care about your faith because it's your faith that actually saves you. It's your faith that keeps you connected to God. It's your faith. It's called a walk. We don't walk by sight. We walk by what? Faith. And so every step of every day, if I'm walking in faith, it means I keep in step with God. And if I'm keeping in step with God, then his love and his joy and his peace and his power and his presence and his love for the world is inside of me. But if my faith is weak or if I'm starting to walk away, then next thing you know, I'm walking out of step with God. And next thing you know, my life has no power at all. And now I'm totally empty inside and I'm grasping. And I'm like, well, maybe it's, I need more money or maybe I need a better job or maybe I need a different spouse or maybe I need, maybe I maybe. And Paul's like going, no, what you need is you just need, you need him. And if you stay in step with him, if your faith is doing okay, then you can get through anything in this world. And if you're walking in God in faith, you will change the world around you. So he's so concerned about their faith. And I realize we're so individualistic. And yet the Bible tells us, no, you're a body. And when one part suffers, guess what? You're all suffering. And when one part rejoices, everybody rejoices. And so, again, the challenge is for you and I, do you have that? Or are you here this morning and really you're just, again, I'm telling you, if you're a follower of Christ this morning, are you here and you realize, man, I'm just here all for me. <laughs> if you're here just for you, you're missing something. Because once God's spirit gets inside of you, he says, I died so you wouldn't think about you anymore. <laughs> I actually died so you'd stop thinking about you so you could start thinking about the world that needs me so bad. And your brothers and sisters who are suffering, all that. And so how cool is it to know that even today, if you came here and were like, oh, man, I, I, I haven't done that in the longest time. You could change today. You could walk out of here today and you could say, God, please forgive me for only thinking about me. So that's what Paul had. He had a longing for people's faith. Here's the last one. He had a longing for another's perseverance. Paul mentions two things that destroy people's faith. He says, we, in verse 2, he says, We sent Timothy, who is our brother and co-worker in God's service, in spreading the gospel of Christ, to strengthen and encourage you in your faith, so that you, no one would be unsettled by these trials. For you know quite well that we are destined for them. In fact... When we were with you, we kept telling you that we would be persecuted, and it turned out just as we told you. You guys, you know, one thing that causes people, so Paul's like, I, I, I care, I want you to keep going. And one of the things that causes people to stop going in their faith are trials. The word actually just means afflictions, pressures, anything which burdens the spirit. And I can't, I can't, I could dive in, well, I could dive into everything. You guys know that, sorry. I, I can't right now because I want to get to my closing here. But just one of the things we got to do, if you have the heart of God inside of you, then our, we should be alert to each other's trials. So we can strengthen and encourage each other. Because I'm telling you, every one of us in this room, I have had more trial and affliction in the last 10 years ever in my walk with God. And I've needed other people to strengthen and encourage my faith. Okay? And then the other thing he says is, he's, for this reason, when I couldn't stand any longer, I sent to find out about your faith. I was afraid that in some way the tempter had tempted you and that your, our labors might have been in vain. 
He's like, I, mean, I, I got to come see you because here's one thing I know. There's a tempter. Jesus was tempted. You guys know that? He was tempted. I'm going to be tempted. You're going to be tempted. There's lots of different ways the tempter tempts us, but I can tell you he has one goal and one goal only in all of his temptations. He'll do anything to keep you from believing in God. He, he loves to blind, it says, the minds of those who don't believe, so they'll, just, they'll never get it. He loves to take people who got it, and they're all excited about it. In the Bible, Jesus said a parable that the enemy comes, and he plucks away what, the, the excitement. You guys know people like that? Whoa, this is awesome, you know, and two months later, where'd they go? The tempter tempts him. He comes in and says, I was a bunch of hogwash. You don't feel. But here's also what I know. Even for all of you, like me, who do believe and want to follow God, the tempter tempts me all the time to stop believing. To start believing things that aren't true about God. That he doesn't really love me. That he's not actually for me. That he's not all powerful. That all these things, and I'll start doubting his favor. All this junk. It's the tempter tempting me. He also likes to tempt you about your own life. You can do it. You don't need him. Look at this world, right? That's what he even tried to tempt Jesus with. I'll give you all of this. And we're all like, oh, you know. And we just get so consumed with the stuff of this world. The next thing you know, we're not living for God anymore because look what we got. And then we're going to die. And yep, look what you got. Are you living like you're never going to die? The tempter will tempt you to live for this world all the time. Okay? So there you go. Here's the last thing. So that's what longing looks like. And I just had to realize, i got to confess to God, I, I don't know if I long for people like this. So I've had to ask this question. Why not? If there is a longing like Paul had, where does it come from? How can you get this longing for to be with people now and forever? How can you get a longing for people's faith? How can you get a longing for people's perseverance so they'll keep going? And here's what I, I was studying this week, and I finally realized, oh my gosh, you guys, this is just God's heart. This is just God's heart. <laughs> See, that Paul was so consumed with Jesus that he had God's heart. In fact, Romans 5.5 5 says that God pours his love into our hearts through the Holy Spirit whom he gives us. So once you get his love inside your heart, human love doesn't do this. God's love does this. So that's why the classic verse in Christianity, John 3.16, said, For God loved the world so much, there was longing inside of him, that he gave his one and only son, that everyone who believed in him wouldn't perish but have eternal life. So the reason Paul longed for people's faith is because God longs for your faith. He wants every one of you in this room so bad that he would actually send his son to die for you, to take on punishment so he just, it's an amazing sacrifice of God. And then we got Jesus, Hebrews 12, 2 says, For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. For the joy set before him. What did Paul have? You are my joy. You are my Lombardi trophy. And Jesus knew too, he's like, oh man, I'm going to have to go through hell on earth. I'm literally going to go into hell. I'm going to take on all of the sin of the world. But for the Lombardi trophy, for the joy set before me, for the fact that I'll get to spend eternity with you, I'll do it. And Paul received that heart. Have you received that heart? Or are you just going to church? <laughs> See, that's America. We are so duped in America. Went to church. 
great if it did anything. If being here and being in God's presence opens your eyes to the reality that we're not going to be down here forever, and we're going to live forever, and I want to take as many people as I can with me. You guys with me? Thank you. All right, that was good. All right, so, but that, the only re- you know the only reason I care at all about you? It's because Jesus cares about you. I did this crazy thing, and I let Jesus come in my heart. And now he's saying, guess what, Nelson? Now you got to love everybody. Because I love everybody. And he puts his spirit inside of you as a deposit saying, guaranteeing what is to come. And it drives you to live no longer for you, but for him. Okay, to the church, all of you who believe, what would happen? What would happen? If we got so consumed with God, if we, if we really did put up our hands in the air and just surrender our own lives and say, God, would you just take over? I can tell you this. I've been working so hard this last month at just my faith. Just every morning waking up and saying, Jesus, please just help me die to myself again today. Because I struggle with me every day. Anybody else struggle with you every day? I struggle with me every day. I need his presence every day. But when I offer myself as a living sacrifice, the craziest thing happens. I find myself free to love other people. So if you're following Christ, why are you here today? Maybe you just needed to have a light turned on again and say, remember, man, you're going to live forever. Woo! Sorry, now you woke woke up if if the coffee didn't work. Um, And you will walk out of here and you will live like you're never going to die. And then for all of you who haven't haven't received Christ, who haven't made that statement of faith, I, my message to you is, band, you better get up here because I'm leaving in a minute. Um, my message for you is I want you to know, and hopefully here at K2, you would experience a love that's so deep and so intense in this room and in our life together and on serving teams. That's why we're out in the city of Salt Lake. That's why we're down with the homeless community downtown. That's why we're in Swaziland. That's why we're in Honduras. It's because God loves every cotton-picking person on this planet. And if you're here, I hope this message would just go, wow, these people love me because God loves me. God longs for you. And he will do anything to bring you back to himself. And church, our job is to let the rest of the world taste and see that he's good because of the way that we love him. All right? So here's what we got to do, man. Y'all stand up. Because... The way this happens, the only way that my heart beats fast for other people is if my heart's beating fast out of God's love for us. This is a crucial moment for your heart to worship and to sing. And this is a new song that Julie's going to lead us in. And it says this. It says, I could just sit and wait for all your goodness, hope to feel your presence. I could just stay right where I am and hope to feel you, hope to feel something again. I could hold on to who I am and never let you change me from the inside. I could be safe here in your arms and never leave home and never let my walls down. But you have called me higher. You have called me deeper. And I'll go where you lead me, Lord, because you have called me higher. You guys, the life of someone who's living like they're never going to die is, that's why we call it K2 the Church, is an adventure with God. It's an adventure of love. It's an adventure of caring about every person on this planet. 
And so if you came just to feel better today, well, I hope you feel better. I hope, you, I hope maybe also you got a kick in the pants. I hope, that, I hope that somehow today you'll go, you know what, Lord? I'm not just going to sit around and wait for your goodness and to feel you anymore. You called me something way more than that. Fill me up. Send me out. Help me change the world. Help me create a community right here where we long for each other, where we miss each other, where we want to see each other's face. It's a great vision. Enjoy your worship. Thank you.